You're listening to 2-5 and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. What up, baby? Here we go. We have our full season NHL prediction. We got awards. We got Stanley Cup winner. We got the whole nine. We have hockey as we speak. Your boys are playing. Benny, what up? Doing good. Right before we started recording, Mika, shorthanded goal, first goal of the NHL season. Uh, I think he hits 40 this year, so we'll see if this propels him along the way. But so happy hockey's back. So happy to hear the NHL and ESPN theme again uh, tonight. So the crisp autumn morning, morning today, so it's perfect time of the year. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, we have award picks, the major awards. Um, we have our conference final picks, uh, based on our regular season standing predictions, our Stanley Cup final matchup, Stanley Cup picks, and then if we feel like it, we have some time. Maybe we can throw in some random over unders. Most. Team that's going to disappoint, team that's going to surprise based on what everyone else around the hockey world is predicting and saying over the last week or two. I love when you drop like the when we feel like it or if we <laughs> feel like it. It makes me feel important. It's man. always when we feel like it. Life is good. This doesn't happen if we don't feel like it. <laughs> that, that's true. You ain't wrong about that. <laughs> so how do you want to lead off here? Uh, you tell me, big boy. Wherever you go, I'm following. All right, let's do the awards because uh, I know everybody's tuning in to see our Bruins Stanley Cup champs, Rangers Stanley Cup champs predictions. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I do not believe the Bruins are Stanley Cup champions, but I tell you what, whoever draws them in the playoffs, watch out. So that's the thing, not to sidetrack. I don't think Marshan's going to be Marshan at any point this year, even in the playoffs. Like double hip surgery at 34, 35 years old, coming back mid-season. I don't know if he now, gets back into it. Allegedly, and yet again, it's all hearsay and things like that. He says he did not feel like himself at all last year. And to me, who was watching, who, if he didn't have the suspensions at all <laughs> those points during the year, I mean... He's close in point total in the NHL for someone who didn't feel right last year. So if you're trying to tell me that don't feel right, and then you get both of the problems fixed, I mean, this could be a a rebirth at 34. Well, I mean, that's the same thing as every spring training in baseball. Every player is in the best shape of their life. They've never felt better. (laughs) Well, I mean, just, just waking up and not being in pain must be huge. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's that turnaround, and it sounds like uh, what Grizzlick's back ahead of schedule too. Allegedly, Grizzlick is back ahead of schedule. He's already been seen in the no contact jersey, so he—I'm I'm sorry, like he's out of the no contact jersey, so he's finally practicing. They believe that he will be a full go for opening night. They think he, they think he may be in the opening night roster. Um, I still think I'd probably give him the first couple of games off. I wouldn't want to rush it completely, but that's just me. Yeah. And um, we'll see what happens. I mean, they did, or not yet, or they're going to activate LTIR. And they were saying that um, McAvoy, just in general, via their synopsis, should miss the first 20 games of the year. Okay, so figure another 5 to 10 to get back up to speed. So he's still got a decent chunk of the season with him back in there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I will say that should be, that's offside. That should be the alternative uh, name to our show. It's all hearsay. <laughs> I mean, fuck, because that's what half of it turns out to be. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of hearsay, let's get into the awards uh, here. Let's start off with the Calder Trophy Rookie of the Year. Who do you got? You already know who I got. I don't even know why you're asking. I got Maddie Berniers with the Seattle Kraken. I thought you were going to go with Vitaly Kravtsov. <laughs> That, that, that was my backup to the backup. Oh, okay. But, um, no, I I just think that Maddie kind of had a head start last year, already 10 games under his belt last year. I, I believe he had nine points in the 10 games. 
came out, had a good jump. Uh, if we're playing the guess who or close to, I don't know who you have, but I mean, the the watches on this list, it, it's a big list yeah. of, I, I think there's people that you, you could pick all over the place. Owen Power, Jake Sanderson, but like, I think these are names that are now the NHL is going to be adjusting to on the uh, younger part of things. Yeah, so I think this year's uh, rookie class is one of the best of the last decade. Like the overall talent that's coming in eligible for rookie of the year. Hopefully the NHL with their new TV partners know how, how to market these guys and figure out how to expand it here. Um, my calendar pick, you mentioned them. I'm going with Sanderson. Trying to go I think great pick. Trying to go off the beaten path a little bit. I'm going back to back years picking an Ottawa Senator. Last year I picked Shane Pinto. So hopefully I don't curse this guy. No, I I think if anything, Jake can fill right into a role in for I, I would say I'd say center is probably the hardest position to play in hockey yeah. coming into the league. But then behind that, I would say defense before wing. I feel like there's so many more layers in your defensive game. But for Jake Sanderson to come in, who I personally believe already has a great, like, you know, pedigree. His father played in the NHL, had a great run there at North Dakota. Big body, can play his lane. I mean, Obviously, a lot of things come down to quote-unquote offensive stats with everything. Yeah, But I think something has to be accounted for for a complete shutdown defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much guaranteed a top-four job on a very promising Senators team, and he could get power play time on top of that. Um, his father, by the way, extremely underrated, Jeff Sanderson. Like, yeah. carved out a really nice career. Not a franchise guy, but always all-star level. Uh, contributing to some pretty good teams. But yeah, I have Sanderson 1, I have Mason McTavish 2, um, and I have Owen Power 3. I, I think one other thing too, just when you look at Maurice Sider from last year, everyone we have named at least is on a team where they're going to get a chance to go in and develop. Yeah, Like this isn't like saying, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know, he's not even eligible, but Jack Stanika going into a deep Bruins lineup thinking that he's going to win a Calder trophy. Yeah. So, like, I think these are kids that are legitimately going, if they make mistakes, I don't want to say it's okay, quote-unquote, but it's not going to bury them. It'll still give them a chance to develop, play with NHL talent, and go from there. And I think you're right, too. Mason McTavish is probably going to have a year. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the right combination. They need to be on a team that's just bad enough for they have consistent opportunity, but good enough where they're going to be recognized around the league as part of it. Oh, this team's not that bad. And then they're putting up points again in minutes. Um, moving on. So we'll go from Calder to the Norris trophy. Uh, so we had Fox two years ago, Makar last year. Do you think there's a run on, small, undersized, offensive-minded defenseman, or someone else sneak in here? No, I got my money on Kale again. I think uh, when you saw as to how good he was last year in the playoffs and did not take any steps back, and then he ends up winning the Conn Smythe, I think, if anything, he gets better here than he was last year. And with the team that has lost a little bit of their bite up front, I think they're going to be looking to him to provide them more offense and i honestly don't think there's going to be any leash on this kid i think they're just mm -hmm. going to unload him and say have at it and probably playing 25 to 28 minutes a night probably going to have the puck legitimately on his stick for about five of those minutes i, I just think when you're able to control the puck have that much possession i mean good things are going to happen for you just i, I don't see anyone with the speed that he has with the edge work don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Foxy. I love Roman Yossi. I love Victor Hedman. I think Victor's getting a little bit older, not not as, I don't, I don't want to say as good as he used to be. Like he has a top three Norris guy every year. But, like, I, I just think with the speed and the edge work of Kale and the offensive output, I it's going back to him. Yeah, I mean, Makar is 
say what you want about his size and his overall defensive game, but he's the most electrifying defenseman in hockey. And that goes a long way to being in yearly contention for the Norris. I feel like there's enough of a track record here to see that voters generally don't like giving the Norris trophy or the Vesna trophy back to back to the same guy. So I think he'll be top three finish. I think unless he has another superhuman year, especially offensively, that it might be hard for him to win it again. I'm going to go with someone new who kind of follows within that McCarr mindset. I'm going Quinn Hughes in Vancouver. I like it. So right. Another guy is the number one defenseman, franchise guy. He's going to rack up the points on a power play in Vancouver, especially with that forward group. And I think in terms of having the opportunity to lead a team that many aren't kind of expecting to either contend or be a serious contender, and then you kind of hammer it out with the rest of that defense core, he's going to be carrying that, that back end of the team. So I'm going Quinn Hughes 1, Makar 2, and Roman USC 3. All right. God fucking damn it. Five on three goal for Tampa. Um. And that's why we record live, baby. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, we'll go to the Hart Trophy, the league's most valuable player. I know you've gone first, so I'll pick first here. It almost pains me to choose this just because as a Ranger fan, I'm not a huge fan of the player or the team. But I'm going to go Sebastian Ajo in Carolina. Oh, I, I thought you were going to pick the same person I was. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so they lost Trocek in free agency. Uh, Cockneyemi's there too. See, I really don't think he's going to be in the position to fill that. They might have to move. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? That goal threw me off. Uh, the rookie from last year in Carolina came in, stepped in. Oh, um, Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. So they've been toying with him at center too so to keep that flexibility so I think Ajo is going to be the man I know Sveshnikov has more size uh, and more of a sniper but overall every situation, every game uh, he's already put up significant offensive production I think he passed for 90 this year uh, and is seen as the face of the organization and just carries that team forward I like it um, where I thought you were going was when you said you didn't like the team, you didn't like the player. I thought you were going with my guy, Jack Hughes. Okay. I think for the New Jersey Devils to be the team that we have all thought that they've been, uh, they've added in free agency. I think this team has had uh, a lot of people that have gotten better. They bring in Palat. But for me, this team is only going as far as Jack Hughes takes them. Jack had the injury last year, but up until that injury, I mean, he was bringing this team with him. And for me, I don't see any fall off from that. If anything, he has pieces around him, like Boquist and Mercer. Uh, he also has... Um, Jesus Christ. Why am I blanking on the captain for? Nico Heischer. Nico Heischer, Jesus Christ. He has Nico there to play that second-line center role, not challenging him for production in sense like nico's there to shut it down and be the patrice bergeron there i just see jack as having a huge year offensively and obviously the problem i have with this league is you, you can rename it now the mcdavid trophy because they're already <laughs> going to go there but when you go to a most valuable player for a person for a team i, I just think that you have to look outside the box yeah. here like Connor mcdavid the best player in the game yes but for a team to be propelled to places that they have not been before, it needs to be because of a player, most valuable player, and that's why I'm going with Jack Hughes. And that's the thing with some of these awards. We say this every year. They should be a most outstanding player award, not not necessarily most valuable. So McDavid would just run away with the most outstanding. I think Norris Trophy should be split. Best offensive defenseman, best overall defenseman, because uh, as we've noted time and time again, somebody's more, somebody's less offensively gifted defenseman 
just don't get the credit that they deserve for the Norris Trophy. But mm-hmm. agreed completely. Yeah. So, all right, moving on, we'll go to the Vesna. Um, I talked about this earlier. Voters really don't like going back to back unless it's a goalie who's just having. He's on a fucking heater. <laughs> um, Igor won it last year, I think, just because of a. Even if he finishes the year with a 920 save percentage, which still would have put him top four among NHL goaltenders last year, that's such a drop from his all time great season last year that people might look at that and go, oh, he wasn't as good, even though he's still elite. So I think that's going to work against him. His year was so good last year that it's a hard bar to clear the very next year. Um, you're always going to have Vasilevsky up there, but I'm going to go with the guy who I believe is going to be the backbone of the, a team that no one's picking or very few people are picking to make the playoffs, never mind contend, that I think is going to surprise a lot of people, and I'm going kind of hell buck. Oh, Okay. So, big bounce back year. Big bounce back year. I think, you know, he's an elite goaltender. He had ran into some issues last year or two, injuries, and also to play in front of him. I think with the new coaching staff in place, um, also the structure that's going to be brought in for the defensive game, I think Hellebuck's going to benefit from it. And I think the Vezina Trophy is going to start turning into the most the hard trophy of goaltenders. Uh, where it's you take this goaltender off, they're fucked. Um, and I think that's going to be the position that Vancouver, uh, that Winnipeg find them, themselves in just because they have a lot of gifted guys up front, a few head cases. We'll see if they put it together, but their back end is not very good at all, and I think Hellebuck's going to be bailing them out all year. That's fair. I'm going with a guy whose defense in front of him got a hell of a lot better. And I think that for him, it's going to improve his numbers tremendously. I'm going with UC Soros in Nashville. He was my number two for this year. Yeah, I, I just think that with that defensive core in front of him, the numbers are going to be a lot better. I think he's going to she, the she <laughs> see shots a lot cleaner. And I think for him, that's only going to improve his numbers, uh, save percentage and goals against. And I got him as the Vesna Trophy winner this year. Who do you have number two? Number two was difficult for me because... I was thinking, like, who can do what, right? And it's always, like you said, the, the Igor thing, his numbers are going to drop a little bit just on nature. Like, yeah. if he gets better, legitimately, he's the Hart Trophy winner. Like, I don't think we're even having a discussion about this. So my other person, and call me crazy, but I also brought it back to team... Yet again, the team in front of him is a lot better, a lot better chance to be a better goaltender, and with the injury to Cam, Cam Talbot to start the year, gives him a lot of running room. Anton Fursborg. Okay. I think that if he could get out to a good start, he has a good set of defensemen in front of him. I, I think, based on numbers, it's going to be a huge improvement from last year. It might make people look at it. The writers are always looking at the numbers, and if you see a huge you know, spike in production, hey, got to be the guy, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Forsberg. I think he's going to have a good year. I also think it's going to be very helpful that he's not the guy. And once Talbot's back, you're going to be able to split duties and kind of ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. All right, the last major award we got here, the Jack Adams Coach of the Year. Uh, I am going to stick in the Eastern Conference. Uh, more of an even split this year for me in terms of awards based on conference i uh, i don't think this is going to be very surprising especially to you i'm going dj smith in ottawa i have the same <laughs> i think obviously it helps every coach looks good when you get the infusion of talent whether veteran or young player that ottawa had from last summer to this summer and the development of some of these guys but i think you know you look at Winnipeg, and it doesn't matter the talent. You still need the guy in a room who's going to bring it together. And I think Smith owns that locker room. I think the success that Ottawa's going to have in my mind this year is going to propel him to the top. Um, and he's going to take home the award. I have Jay Woodcroft second. 
again. I think Edmondson's going to have a fantastic year. And I have our boy, Daryl Sutter, in third. I love it. Could I put a dark horse in there? Oh. And you're going to laugh. I know. Mike Sullivan? John Tortorella. I think Torts can go in here and be a difference maker for this team. And I'm not going to see a massive jump in points, but I think output from certain guys having a better season goes back to the coaching staff. Like, if he can turn around JVR, looks like a genius. If he can get more out of Kevin Hayes, where I know last year the, the death of his brother may have uh, hit him in certain places. He also said he was hurt all last year. If he can come out and have another breakout year, like, I just think it could go back to Torts and implementing his culture and scheme in there. And to say this team, they're losing games, but they drop their goals against every game to, you know, two and a half instead of five and a half. That's a huge jump, man. Yeah, I mean, if if Philadelphia doesn't finish as one of the bottom three teams in the league, he deserves it just on that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other problem, too, at least with the Flyers, is they have a lot of draft picks this year. Like, there's rounds where they're piggybacked and they have a few, so it's like, I understand they're starting to transition to the, to the children and to the future, but if Torts can come in here and implement the system, which I've seen the... Philadelphia Flyers behind the training camp videos they've put out. I think for a guy that is going there with complete and brutal honesty, it's hard as a player to not like him. And hey, hey, sometimes you know you're going to hear you were shit last night. But on the other end, I mean, I think if you can have that open door of communication where I don't think Torts is the bulldog that he used to be. I, I still think he's, you know, strict in rules and all that but he's not as not as much of a big bark and bite as he used to have i think he, he softened up a little bit in his older years given the more open communication with the players and him and i think that's going to make a difference if i'm going to give a dark horse for jack adams i'm going to go up to boston and jim montgomery because the storylines are already built in Kept the team together through the injuries, waiting for the Calvary to arrive. Boston's exceeding expectations, even though to you and I, they're meeting expectations because of where we, how highly we think they're going to finish. Um, so I think that's also a built-in storyline at Riders. You know how they like to build a storyline around everything. Oh, of course. If Boston, if Boston hits Christmas and they're like first or second in the division are going to be like, Montgomery for Jack Adams. What a coach. Holy shit. Got, yeah, gets a second chance away. and runs with it. Now, uh, I think of sometimes the opposite, right? And, you know, Paul Maurice goes to Florida where he wasn't last year. And if he goes in there and this team is struggling or Bobrovsky's struggling, I mean, I think Maurice gets the complete opposite. Like, you know, how, how can you fumble a team like that? Must have fallen off. That's why he left Winnipeg and why it's not working here. Like, I, I can I can smell it. Yeah, especially if they get, like, bounced in the first round. They're like, this team went won the President's Trophy last year. We bring in a veteran coach and we backtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just certain things that you can just see. And, you know, obviously I don't want that for Paul Maurice. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's just storylines and they start going. I'm surprised he didn't take the season off. Like, he left Winnipeg mid-year, said he needed time. I guess he only needed, like, five months. He's probably frozen up there. He needed to <laughs> thaw out, so he went to South Beach. Smart man. All right, so we'll move on to our... So I had it broken down by, by playoff teams. I know we did our regular season predictions and divisional standings last few episodes, but I have mine written down to help with matchups and who's going to advance, things like that. But um, I know you have the conference final pick, the cup pick, well, the cup matchup pick, and then a cup champ pick. Uh, I'll just run through my East uh, side first. So playoff teams in no particular order, just throwing them out. Uh, Panthers, Lightning, Senators, Bruins, Maple Leafs. Penguins, Rangers, 
Hurricanes. Okay. My Eastern Conference Final is rematch 2.0, Rangers-Lightning. Okay. Now, can, can I ask a, a, a question just going off of that? Yep. Uh, just with the amount of hockey yeah. that Tampa has played these last couple of years, I mean, do, do you still envision them being able to do it? I mean, I I think they're like Vegas right now. Like, You can't bet against the house, right? That's the thing, and also they have kind of turned over their roster a little bit, mainly because mm-hmm. of cap reasons, so they've gotten some quote-unquote reinforcements. But really it just boils down to the matchups. Like... I have their first-round matchup against Ottawa. I like Ottawa. I don't think they're ready to dethrone the Lightning in the Eastern Conference. I have the Maple Leafs playing the Panthers in the first round. I have Toronto upsetting Florida. So then the second round is Toronto and uh, Matt Murray versus Tampa Bay. I'm taking Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Um, What's your Eastern Conference final pick? All right, and yet again, I don't want it to sound crazy, but it might. For the Eastern Conference Finals, I have your New York Rangers against my Boston Bruins. Oh, dude, I can't do that. I I just think that the Bruins are going to get better as the season goes along. And... Legitimately, I feel this, that they're going to come back healthier as long as the team can stay healthy. And we finally come back from injured injuries. Marshan's back. McAvoy is now back to 100%. I think in the playoffs, like, Toronto is not beating us. I I think we can give it to Tampa. I mean, however it may, may fiddle out. I think Tampa's played a lot of hockey, man, and... I think that's finally beating them up a little bit. Okay. Florida, uh, I'm kind of like you with Florida. I don't really trust them. So at least in conference, if we match up with any of them, I feel okay. Like, I'm not like, ooh, the boogeyman. Like, I just think, like, okay. Now, now you guys on the other end, I said before, I thought you guys, I had you guys ranked as first in the Metro. I like the lineup. I like the team. I mean, I think you guys are taking Carolina. I think you guys are would have a battle with Pittsburgh, but but I see you guys coming out on the other end of it. Yeah, that's the, that. Yeah. That's just my belief. Yeah, that's the thing. Based on how I think the standings are going to shake out, I have you and against Pittsburgh in the first round. And see, like, and go. and it's not and it's not against. Pittsburgh, but like I think Pittsburgh's a good team, but but I also think, like you know how you have intangibles in certain aspects. Yeah. I think that listen on paper they may be a better team, but if our team is firing on all cylinders, like you give me that Brad Marsh and Patrice Bergeron playoffs all day, all day. Then go to a second line where if we can get the Pasternak of the second half of last year to continue to what he started doing this year pasta scoring goals and then we can go into a tougher bottom six that we currently now have in aj greer putting pucks behind you know fucking casey DeSmith and burying dumoulin like i'm on it yeah i mean we, they got jari if he's healthy be back be number one i will say i went i know it was, it's preseason and everything else so i was at the rangers bruins game at msg last week that second line that you guys, well, it'll be your first line basically at the beginning of the year. But Zaka, Krejci, Krejci Pasternak is fucking mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Like, very good. So, if, like you said, if Martian comes back and he's even just 90% of Martian of two years ago, or even last year, you have probably a top six that can line up with anybody. So a lot depends on health and also in goal, if he's the real deal to be able to carry you guys. And I think that's another huge thing for development and stepping forward for, for him on a personal level. Like you want the bull, grab it by the horns. Yeah. Like it can be right there for you. 
So Western Conference, we'll get into who we picked to win and who's the cup matchup next. But uh, So my Western Conference playoff teams, I have the Flames versus Dallas, Nashville versus St. Louis, Colorado versus Winnipeg, Edmonton versus Vancouver in the opening round in the Western Conference. My Western Conference, and this is boring, I know, in terms of once you get down to the conference final. But my Western Conference final pick is Calgary versus Nashville. I have the same. So in terms of how we got there, I have Winnipeg knocking off Colorado in the first round. There's your boy Hellebuck. Yep. I have Calgary over Dallas. I have Nashville over St. Louis. And I have in a very hot seven-game series, Edmonton over Vancouver. Um so that's kind of how things shake out. So we both have Calgary, Nashville, huh? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win in that matchup to go to the Stanley Cup? I got Nashville. Okay. I, I think uh, that defensive death I love. I, I love that decor. Uh, I mentioned Soros earlier. I, I think with him having a good year, I, I think he could be a guy to get him over the hump. And yet again, last week or the week before when we were talking about it, I love Nashville's depth. I love Nino Niederreiter going into that role. And, I mean, that's bread and butter for him to go into a conference final game. His size, being able to bang bodies, like, I like it. And that's why I got Nashville. I have Calgary. Okay. And I think Calgary, I spent a very long time trying to figure out who would win that? I bounced back and forth between Nashville. I think it's a seven-gamer. I just boiled it down to I don't think the bottom six has enough difference-making for Nashville to contend with Calgary and their depth. So you're going big luch, game winner. <laughs> and, and also in terms of I don't know if you're going to get another year like that again from – uh, Duchesne, I'm not saying he's going to tank again, but you know, you haven't matched up against Backlund, you haven't matched up against Kadri. Um, so, and also you have Markstrom. I think Markstrom's going to have a great year. I know we both like uh, Soros, but I'm going Calgary, a Canadian team, making it to the Stanley Cup final out of the West. All right, who you got him playing? So my Eastern Conference final pick was Rangers-Lightning. I think this is where the Lightning mileage catches up with them, especially because as heartbreaking as it was to be up two games to none and then up 2 nothing in game three on a road, basically a period and a half away from being up three games to none and essentially guaranteeing a spot in the final last year. I think the Rangers... Young team, I know you have Panarin on there. You have Kreider, who's been part of some deep playoff runs. I think that was a moment that sticks with this core group where they're like not happening again. And also healthy, relatively healthy. You expect most of these guys, that's how you can make predictions, but Goodrow will be healthy. Um, Lingren will be healthy. Igor is Igor. He's, I think he's the only guy that can really stand toe-to-toe with Vasilevsky in goal. Um, the mileage that Tampa Bay has that we've already talked about. And also just, I think the Rangers are just better one through four lineup-wise, which is a crazy thing to say about the, the Rangers compared to the Lightning. If you look back where both teams were just two summers ago. <laughs> but I think that's where we are. So I have the Rangers versus Calgary in the Stanley Cup final. All right. I had... Your Rangers versus Nashville. Thank God, because I can't lose another playoff round to you guys. <laughs> no, I, I just think at this point, uh, you brought up Swayman in the sense of determining. Like I, I think at this point, Igor is far more elite than he is, and I think that would be the thing to get it ahead of us there. And then going into... That, I mean, I think it's just going to be a goaltending duel. Like, you're going to get Igor, UC, 
the Euro goaltending matchup and just sit back and watch. It is going to be one goal hockey the whole way through. And to be honest, we're starting to get to the point where it's the decade of European goaltenders dominating the sport. You've had Vasilevsky the last few years. You have Igor. Uh, you have Markstrom. You have, I mean, Pecorine to Soros. Like, you're starting to see the cream of the crop is all European goaltenders. And, I mean, just going back to, like you said, I mean, chicks dig a big pack up. <laughs> so, you have Nashville. You have my Rangers. Who's the Stanley Cup champ? Who? Which captain is getting the Stanley Cup from Bettman? I think when you go through a whole season and when you start to uh, develop trust in everybody and where you go and how your season starts, I'm going Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi was just back over in Switzerland. Um, he, he played in front of the hometown team. It got it going in front of all of the hometown faithful there. Then they go over, they start the trip over in Europe, which I think is a crucial part for team bonding and team building right from the start. I got the Preds. I think uh, UC is going to shut them down, but I think the other thing that is massive here is going to be that addition of McDonough. Mm. I just think that one extra oomph on the back end, like before it was just Yossi and Ekholm, now you slam McDonough in there and you have Borokop there to just beat the shit out of anybody in the playoffs. You gotta you say my a, you gotta say my other boy in Nashville. Go ahead. I'm gonna get there and you have Jeremy Lozon and Dante Fabro, two young Thank kids you. that you can match up with the other guys. I just think that it, right now is the time for Music City. I just th- think it, I think uh, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, wouldn't it be the first time I'm completely wrong? Well, but that's what I'm thinking. That's the thing. We're talking about the Tampa Bay mileage. Jed McDonough, who's basically played a seven-game series every playoff round that he's ever been in since 2012. <laughs> yeah, but but I have a guy here who's now been slated. This is a guy who, hey, you know, give us your trade teams, blah, blah, blah. Would you want to go here? Would you go there? No, okay, well, if you don't go, we're going to waive you. Yeah. But, like, I have a guy here who's like, oh, I'm the problem here in Tampa Bay. Like, okay. I think you have a very, very, like, don't get me wrong. 33 years old, yes, a lot of mileage on his tires. But I think you also have a workhorse at 33 years old who's been able to manage this for years. I love McDonough, man. Even playing against him in Tampa, like, once the games were over, it's like, fuck, man. Like, just a strong, like, player. Strong defensive player, and he's just fucking gussy as shit playing through injuries and using his body. I will say, I know Tampa Bay needed the cap space. They needed to lock up some of the younger players like Sergeyev, like Cyrenak on the back end. But that third pair, at least to start the year, Hayden Fleury and uh, Philip Myers. Oof. Oof. <laughs> by the way, Flurry once got ran into a fucking Times Square by Reeves on the four check in the first period. So welcome to the Eastern Conference, buddy. I was going to say, yeah, welcome. Thanks for coming. <laughs> All right. So I have the Rangers versus Calgary. I think a coaching matchup between Gerard Gallant and Daryl Sutter. I think they should just square up at center rice on the logo and to determine who wins the, the cup. Uh, but I'm going to go. Rangers and six. I say it pains me only because I don't want it to come off like I'm a fucking homer. But I think the same reason why you get past Tampa is why you get past Calgary. I like our one through four better than Calgary's, um, especially considering the Rangers have the draft capital uh, to add at the deadline. They can go big game hunting with Kaner. They can just fill in with... Uh, good role players I did it this past year. You have Igor and goal. The Rangers defense, I think that's the real key matchup in this hypothetical where I don't think Calgary's defense is even remotely close to being as talented on paper or as good in the system as the Rangers' top six. Um, so I'm going Rangers in six in overtime with the game-winning goal scored by Capo Caco. 
I thought you were going to say off a tip-in from Crider. <laughs> tip-in from a Crider. No, so the Rangers win a Stanley Cup because in game one, uh, Crider comes in on a breakaway and goes skate first into Markstrom, knocks him out for the rest of the series. <laughs> Sometimes you need to do that to win. <laughs> just, just saying. So, all right. So Stanley Cup final matchup, Calgary versus Rangers for me, Nashville versus Rangers for you. You have Nashville winning the Cup. I have the Rangers winning the Cup. Uh, just... As a reminder, if you're betting in Vegas, you might not want to follow that too closely. Last year, we both had the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final, and I had Winnipeg in the Stanley Cup final. I, I was going to say, I think, I think I, I'm trying to think. It was, I think it was the Islanders in Winnipeg I think I had too. So yeah. We might have both had Winnipeg versus the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final last year. So, oops. <laughs> well, I, I will say too, I had uh, the Flames during the COVID year. And I think everything was going their way until they ended up getting those injuries in the playoffs. And I think that's what cost them. I think uh, I think they would have had it this year if Kachuk wasn't hurt. And there was someone else up in the box with them, too. And I remember there was like two vital guys that weren't in the lineup for him kind of crushed them. So we should also, maybe not here, but you can post it online. We can look at some of the Vegas prop bets for this year and then... Uh, post that out and see, like, we're taking the over on this. We're pounding the under on that. <laughs> uh, we could definitely do that. I mean, next week we, we can start off with that if you want. We'll, we'll just grab some of them and go from there. Do you have any other random thoughts about the season, whether team-specific, player-specific, uh, that you think is going to be a storyline? I am going to say... Who's the, first the tam- coach, who's the first coach fired? First coach fired. Um, See, this is always... I love when we play this game. (laughs) If I am a betting man, I am going to go with... Pete DeBoer. Oof, just hired and he's gone already. I I don't think Dallas is going to get off to the start that they thought they were going to get off to. And and I think it's going to put them in a little bit of a hot seat. Uh fire them they're gonna hire somebody else and then they will be back in the playoff hunt i have lindy ruff getting fired in new jersey because i don't think they're going to start the year off as well as everyone expects and lou expects that lindy ruff thing kills me man because like there were so many coaches out there this offseason and you know like no disrespect to lindy he's done this a very long time but it's like if you were going to make the switch that was the time to do it. That's what we kept like, saying all summer. Like you can't, you can't go into this coming year with all the expectations and development of Ruff as your coach. Yeah, just uh, that one killed me a little bit internally. So I'm going to go Ruff getting fired, and I'm going to have Sweet Lou bringing in Mike Babcock. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, <laughs> I think Lou's going to go to that. Well, that's our generation's version of Mike Keenan. Now, do you think Fitzy would be that crazy to make that big of a jump? I mean, that's a Lou Lamarillo move. Yeah. To bring in Mike Babcock, like, midseason. And, like, I could see, yet again, you brought up Sweet Lou. Who's to say that Sweet Lou doesn't gas Lane Lambert and bring in Jacques Lemaire for the I, Islanders? I was going to joke and say, <laughs> as, like, uh, I know – Fitzy might not follow the uh, old school Devils model, firing coaches midway through a year and bringing in like the complete opposite personality of the coach he just let go. But I was going to joke and say, hey, if it's not Babcock, they can always hire Larry Robinson or Robbie Fatorik. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say though, I find it like if you just go from the top down, right? Like I got up cap friendly, so Vegas just hired Cassidy. Uh, unless they completely change their tune. They have so much in LTIR. I, I think Bruce is safe no matter yeah. how the season ends up. Uh, you have St. Louis in Montreal. It's not as easy for them to hire and fire with the French speaking and everything else, but I thought he was doing a good job, you know, developing the kids. Cooper in Tampa, Laviolette in Washington, Roycroft in, um, I'm sorry, Woodcroft. <laughs> Apologize. Edmonton. You got Brenda Moore. You have Bruce, there it is, in Vancouver. Torts, who just got there. Montgomery, who just got there. Maurice, who just got here. Uh, we have Lindy. That, that's a star. Know who else I think is 
and I don't think it's going to be him. I think it's going to be a whole organizational move now that we're just on them because I'm just going down the list. Yeah. Toronto. End of season. Sheldon Keefe fired. Kyle Dubas fired. I th- Official. I think Keefe gets let go. I think the ownership essentially stops giving Dubas a blank check in terms of personnel decisions. I think even in my prediction, they upset Florida in the first round. They get bounced in the second round. That's still not good enough for the team they have and had and to still have the same questions on your roster year after year after year. So I think Dubas fires Keith and then Dubas is basically all right, you're bringing in another coach this is your last decision. If this guy doesn't work or your team doesn't we don't advance further you're gone after the next season. Who are you blaming for this one? Yeah, and I think that's they fire Keith and also next summer is when they break up their core in terms of one of the forwards are gone. Obviously, it's not Austin Matthews, oh. but I think Marner gets dealt. Uh, I agree. I don't think it's Marner. It might, it might be Nylander. We'll, we'll see. But it, it could be uh, Jesus. It, it, it could be Mitchie Boy just with how big the cap hit yeah. is. So we'll see. All right. So that was Toronto. So now just going down. St. Louis has Barubi. I don't think he's going anywhere. Pittsburgh has Sullivan. Dallas has DeBoer. The Rangers have our boy Gallant. San Jose has Quinney. Colorado has Bednar. Maybe the Kraken. I know they're only a second-year team, but, I mean, me and you both have questions about Hackstall. I don't – I don't. I think that was a terrible decision for their head coach. So so, so maybe there's a star there for Hackstall. We'll, we'll see what happens. Calgary has Sutter. L.A. has uh, Dude McLennan. Nashville has Hines. Islanders have Lane – like yeah, I, I, I just see everyone getting fired because we both have LA regressing and everybody's picking them to be a yeah. So may, so maybe it's there. I mean, like just going through, like Detroit just got a new head coach. I think Dallas Drake is safe. Who knows? Maybe Big Bear in um, Arizona. Like I, I know we're not expecting them to do the most, anyways. But at the same time, I mean, for the amount of young talent that he had on that team for last year and this year if they don't make a jump i could see him getting fired they just i don't know i think that's a tough spot they just don't have it i know they have some good young guys there and about in the pipeline i just still think their roster is pretty barren they'd be like no this guy's just not gonna work yeah like i I thought granado did a really good job with buffalo uh they just hired uncle fester in detroit (laughs) like they got dj smith in ottawa like i uh, they got bonus and Winnipeg. Like I just see, for the most part, these guys are either like legitimate name coaches or it's like first year. So uh, I think it's going to be very hard to move guys. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just think it's going to be really hard just to be like, all right, you're fired. There's going to have to be a legitimate, complete out of the woodwork collapse or some sort of crazy shit going on. That that would be my guess. Who? Okay, one last question for me. Hmm. The morning after the trade deadline, where is Patrick Kane playing? Chicago. They're not dealing him? I just don't think they're going to get enough return as to what they deem fit. Okay. That Because at this point, I feel like both of them are like, yeah, we're expecting to get dealt. I mean, Chicago. Like, don't get me wrong. I expect it. But it's like. Chicago is more than able to hold on a salary here or do any of that. Uh, and I don't think that's the issue. I just think what they're deeming for a return is not going to be adequate for a team that is in a complete rebuild as they are. They're going to want first round picks. I mean, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane, no matter what you say. Yeah. So you, you call me over the phone. It's going to start with at least one or two first round picks, one or two prospects, and then maybe a roster player just to keep my cap hit there. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Kane and Taves also don't want to be around for another fucking rebuild that they're not going to see the end of. So they could just go to management and say, like, I want out, like, deal me. No, and I get that. And, I mean, they're both UFAs, but it's like, as a GM, like, you still have to set a price. And at the end, it's going to be like, all right, we thought it was going to be X, Y, and Z. At the end, so-and-so called us at the end, offered us X and Y. Well, you know what? We didn't get Z, but at least we got X and Y. But it's like 
when you're up against a trade deadline clock like that, that is so hard to be like, all right, are we sticking to our guns here with what we want or are we not? Because, you know, the, the clock's ticking. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only thing that kind of scares me a little bit. And there is, uh, like you said, even if Chicago eats 25% of his cap, 30% of his cap, not that many teams have the cap space to still bring him in unless they deal a roster player that carries a three, four million dollar cap hit back to Chicago. Yeah, the other way. But then, why would Chicago do that if they're rebuilding? Um, just, I, I think they're going to look for like younger defensive prospects. Yeah, I mean, and just to let you know how badly they're tanking for number one overall. They claim Jared Tenorti off waivers. Well, they, they need a little big, big meat there, you know. No, they need a meat. Here's my prediction for where he goes, and you're going to like this. Everybody's saying the Rangers, the Rangers will, will will be in it. They just can't take on even even with thirty percent taken off, they can't afford it, and they don't have any bad contracts to go back to Chicago or anything or trade away to somewhere else. They can't bring them in um, unless it's such a bad situation. And Kane tells them, "I'm only going to the Rangers." That somehow the Rangers get them to eat like 60 percent. I have him staying out west. I have him going to a team that is going to be on a wild card contention through the end of the season who could use a Stanley Cup champ and veteran to help the room out. He's going to play first line right wing for the Seattle Kraken. Ooh, okay. Have him on the line with your Calder Trophy winner. Uh, if that's the case, put it in the bag now. <laughs> but do you have anything else you want to get into? I know you started saying something about Tampa, then I saw I tracked you. No, I, like, I just look at that roster on the other end, right? And th- they have some younger guys there in Seattle where, hey, I mean, we could send you back Vince Dunn, who's going to go back to your RFA, so, so you'll have to battle there. I mean, I, they're not going to get back burn years are right, but if you want a young kid who's UFA but will probably re-sign with you, send back Ryan Donato yeah. like, and a pick. Like I could definitely see something like that working out. Yeah, they have a bunch of draft capital. They have the cap space. They have good young defensive prospects. They have a couple of good young uh, guys on a roster that they can deal that Chicago could be interested in, especially if they don't want it to be a five-year rebuild. They want it to be a two-year rebuild. Some of these young guys yeah, will that- stick around for it. That's interesting. I like it. All right. Well, that's all I got for our, our final preview episode of, of the summer, quote-unquote, the offseason. Uh, Austin Matthews over under 54.5 goals. Under. I feel the same. Hammering. I got him at 47. Ovi? I think where Washington's going to finish in the standings, they're literally just every offensive Rush is going to, they're going to curl at the Oppo blue line and then just feed them on a one timer. I'm going to have them going 53. I had them at 50 even. So, okay. okay. Yeah, 53 for him. Let's see. What else can we do for players? How about this? Over or under 20 goals for Kale McCarr? Uh, over 22. Okay. 22 with like 87 assists. I have him over. I have him hitting 30 as a defenseman. 30 goals, and I mean, he'll have at least 50 assists. Yeah, so I think 80 point year. Just among all skaters, not just defensemen, I have him finishing the top five in points. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because, like, I can see it. Yeah. It's not just crazy because you're saying it. It's... Does McDavid and Dreisaitl both finish the season with at least 40 goals? I don't see it for Dreisaitl. Okay. I think he'll be close, like like 36. Let's see. What did Kiel have last year? Kiel had 77 games played, 28 goals, 58 assists for 86 points. Yeah. So I don't even have him jumping up that much. <laughs> oh. Let's see. Well, who wins the President's Trophy then? Out of your division winners. 
Ooh, I like that. Who do I see winning the President's Trophy? You know what? I will... I'll keep it up north. I'll say Calgary wins the President's Trophy. Crazy from where they were, man. Yeah, I'll say... <laughs> Brad Traveling, man. The man can go anywhere in Calgary and get a free drink. Yeah, I want to go Nashville wins the President's Trophy. Okay. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's do Bruins specific. Over under 20 goals for Brad Marchand. <sighs> All depending on when he comes back. Let's say he comes back. I would say I'm going to go with as long as these hips are actually what they are said to be. Yeah. I'm going over. Okay. Over under 925 save percentage for Swayman. Under. I'm going to go about probably 918. Over under 40 points for Creature. Over. If they keep that line together, I think you uh, wouldn't even be crazy to say that David Krejci comes back and has a 60-point season with how good they looked the other day. All right, last one for Boston. Over under 45 goals for Pasternak. Under. I think it'll be 40, 40 even again. Okay. I have him at 49, finishing ahead of Matthews. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just... I, I know it's a contract year. I know there's a lot of shit going through that head. I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if we can say over or under, but thoughts. Our Tammy Panarin gets traded in the offseason. No, if the Rangers go as far as we both think they will, he'll be around. He'll still be there. And also, apparently, on his opening of training camp, he went to Kalant and they hashed things out. And he, he basically said... I didn't play well in the playoffs. That's my like basically that's on me, obviously. But I need to play like I need to play in order for me to produce like you want me to produce. All right, that, I mean, hey, uh, biggest things I was hashing it out. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fox total points sixty five over under. Over. Over. Okay. Uh, Kreider goals. 35 and a half over under. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go just under. I'm going to go 32. 32. Okay. Igor save percentage 930. Under. Under. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, gotta, no. you got to backtrack somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm going to go nine, like 924 or something like that. Ooh. All right. How about this one? Give, give me one second. Just pull it up because, you know, I, I like the bouncing back okay. and forth. Okay. Vinny Trocek points 50 and a half over under. I'm going to go under. Okay. And only because I think Filipino supplants him as a 2C uh, by the new year. Like, that's, right. that's just I... how good Heedle's going to be. Now. I guess my last over-under will be, or, or maybe there's two of them. I mean, how many inches <laughs> should Mika cut off of his hair just so you could be able to see the last name on his nameplate? That, that's probably a good six inches right there. Uh, don't touch anything. It's like Samsonite's hair. Samson's hair. D d just leave it. Yeah. All right. And it, plus, it's easy to tell for people that I'm trying to get into the game to follow along who's who by saying, like, See the guy with the hair? That's Mika. He's our best forward. Just watch him. Do you see the defense, the small defenseman that basically moves in slow motion, but it still thinks faster than everybody? That's Fox. <laughs> That's the guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one I got for you. The Frenchie, Alexi Lafreniere. 30 and a half for goals over under. 19 last year. Yeah, 19 last year, no power play time, third and fourth line minutes. I'm going to go – see, the thing is they, they, for some reason they keep are keeping him on the left side, which means he's still on the third line to start the year. No, so that's altering your guessing. Right. I'm going to go 
Also, a very happy birthday to Aloxi Lefren. Yeah. yeah, today, opening day, he got an assist on the first goal. I'm going to go, fuck it. I'm all in. I'm going over, but he's going to end up with exactly 31. Okay. And last one I have uh, at the deadline or after the deadline is Kako still on the Rangers? Yes, but Kraftsoft isn't. Okay. I can live with that. And also, they're going to trade for a defenseman because as much as I like Zach Jones, we can't go into a deep playoff run with three of our defensemen being under six feet. <laughs> I mean, yet again, just doing basic math. Like, dude is so like 5'10", 5'9", 160 pounds soaking wet. Like, it's not going to work. Not good. All right. All right. That was fun. We should do that like during a year too. Like over under our finishes the year with this. <laughs> I mean, just on adjustments or, you know, people start buzzing. Like I love it. Do you got anything else? Any shout outs? Uh, shout out this week. I will give it to the little guy. He, uh, it was his turn today in hockey to be the goalie. So he was all fired up to do that. How do, uh, how do you do? All right. I mean, it, it's hard watching from the stands because, you know, you see him doing some stuff and you're watching and you're like, ah, oh, dude. Did he keep like, his stick down? On. Stick was down. He was kind of like angled a little bit. So instead of like facing the puck straight on, he's kind of like angled this way. And I'm like, buddy, you got to like be square. Like you got to move a little bit. You got to come out to the top of the crease. Cut down that angle. Yeah. So, it was just little things just kind of watching, and I'm like, ah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's his first day there. I can't really, you know, try to teach him anything. So he has hockey again tomorrow, and then uh, he has a game on Saturday. So we'll see. Uh, I got to talk to him one-on-one and be like, next time your dad tries to give you tips about being a goaltender, just yell, sorry, I'm not a superstar goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about a superstar goalie in your superstar roller hockey league. But hey, like I said in text, he's got to stick it out on goal because just like a lefty reliever in baseball or or a good defensive catcher in baseball, you can have a long career of being just an average goaltender. Well, and I thought the other part you were going to say too was um just on the other end of things. I mean, just that jersey and everything. I didn't know if it brought you back to Hank or not. It brought me back to Richter. He kind of has that uh, old school mask. Kind of has the, uh, obviously because of the age, but like just with the pads and everything, kind of smaller frame like Richter was in that. So I'm like, all right. Kind of digging it. (laughs) I like him. We'll keep him around. (laughs) We have to see how he, uh, once puberty hits, if Cam can hold the candle to the Hank uh, situation. (laughs) Day by day, pal. Yeah. Day by day. <laughs> I got- How about you? Any shout-outs on your end? Uh, no shout-outs specifically, but as I have the Ranger game on, I also have the Yankees game one in the playoffs. So I, They're currently a 4-1 in the seventh inning. I did want to give a shout-out and a so long to the New York Mets. Uh, it sucks that you know the red-headed stepchild of New York sports is – a disappointment once again, but to all the Mets fans out there, fuck you. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, I'm sure they're very happy. And, uh... But yeah, that's and, all I got. All you got. All right. Well, everybody, thank you as always for listening. Uh, we're hoping that all of these predictions come true. So at least then you could say at least one of them was right. So, you know, we, we had double or nothing. And uh, well, I will we'll say, from... I will say if the Rangers win the sailing cup, the episode after they win, when we do the celebration, whenever I'm able, whenever I'm coherent again, and we record that episode, that will be the final episode I will ever do because I am not dealing with the come down from a Stanley Cup uh, finals uh, win. I mean, <laughs> you know what? That's fine. I'll deal with that. But I want to do it live. I- I'm going to New York. We'll do live from your place before we go to the parade. And live from your place after the parade. Yeah, it's like that uh, Instagram trend. Hi, my name is Ben, and this is my first yeah. drink of the night. <laughs> it's my first drink. That is my last drink of the night. Like shirtless climbing a street sign. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Uh, that would be awesome. All right. All right.
Well, all right, everybody. You heard it here first. Don't bet against us, all right? And uh, we'll catch you guys next week for a little Bruins and Rangers weekend review, and we'll go with the uh, hot start and who's not. We'll take it from there. the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone, or could you use a little company? But if you pay the right price, your evening will be nice, and you can go and send me on my way. I said, you're such a sweet young thing, why you do this to yourself? She looked at me, and this is what she said, oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. I got bills to pay, I got mouths to feed It ain't nothing in this world for free I know I can't slow down, I can't hold back Though you know I wish I could I know there ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good